Hello and welcome to Grace Life Sir Lowry's Pass. We are a gospel-centered church family focused on reaching the unreached and making disciples. We pray this teaching will help you to grow in your relationship with Jesus and discover more of the reality of Christianity. Amen. So we are continuing on in the letter to the Romans. Last week, Christus shared from uh, the first 14 verses of Romans 4, and it took it took seven weeks for us to get to Romans 4. <laughs> seven weeks messages to get to Romans 4. And that just shows us how much depth there is, how much there is to receive from the Word of God. Amen? In these letters. And the key verse that uh, Christus shared was Romans 4 verse 5. Romans 4 verse 5. I would say... That is the key verse or the main verse that stood out to me. It says, But people are counted as righteous, not because of their work, but uh, because of their faith in God who forgives sinners. Isn't that awesome? Our God is a God that forgives sinners. Amen? Amen. That's good news, believe me. Amen. That is really good news. But two points that stood out to me from or from Christ's message uh, the most uh, was that God wasn't even thinking of our sin anymore. God doesn't even think of your sin anymore. And He wants us also to turn away our focus from our sin. The Bible says God does not remember our sins. Do you believe that? God doesn't even remember your sins. So why are we still reminding God of our sins? We need to be less sin conscious and more God conscious. Amen. Listen to this beautiful old scripture in Isaiah 43 verse 25. Isaiah 43 verse 25. God says, I, yes, I alone will blot out your sins. This is God speaking there. I, yes, I alone will blot out your sins from for my own sake and will never think of them again. That's beautiful. That's so encouraging, isn't it? God alone blots out your sins because you can't. And no other being or creature in the universe could do that. Only God can blot out your sins. Amen. That's why he says, I, yes, I only. What did he say? I alone. I alone blot out your sins. Only God could do it. It was all up to him. It's uh, Isaiah 43 verse 25. It was all his choice. Only he could do it. If he didn't do it, then it would not have happened. Eh? Yeah. But he does it. It says here, he does it for his own sake. For his own sake. For my own sake. And I will never think of them again. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Did you know that the Holy Spirit, he doesn't show you your sin? Did you know that? That's not the work of the Holy Spirit. Whose work is it to show you your sins? 
no. It's the law. The law, remember? <laughs> the law shows us our sins, but the Holy Spirit never shows you, never convicts you of your sin. He convicts you of your righteousness. He, remi he reminds you of who you are in Christ. He reminds you of your forgiveness. That is what God wants you to focus on. God has dealt with sin. He has put it behind Him. He remembers it no more. If He doesn't, then you don't have to either. Amen? Here in Romans 4, Paul quoted from Psalm 32. In Romans 4, Paul quoted in verse 7 and 8, he quoted Psalm 32 that says, uh, 32 verse 1, Oh, what joy, this is David speaking, Oh, what joy for those whose disobedience is forgiven, whose sin is put out of sight. Your sin has been put out of sight. Yes, what joy for those whose record the Lord has cleared of guilt. That your record has been cleared of guilt. The other point that stood out to me from Chris's message is that um, we are Abraham's children in the sense that we, like Abraham, are saved by faith in God. No? It can be a bit confusing to say that Abraham is our spiritual father because we know that God is our spiritual father. No? But here in uh, Romans, uh, Paul says that Abraham is also our spiritual father and we looked at what that means. Um, Abraham, how is Abraham our spiritual father? What Paul means here in Romans is that like children who imitate their parents, we imitate Abraham in his example of faith in God. In that sense, Abraham is our spiritual father because we are the same. We have faith in God, made right by faith in God, just like Abraham. In that sense, he is our spiritual father. Okay, so that was quite, quite interesting to me from, uh, from Christ's message. I never understood that. I never understood how Abraham could be our spiritual father and God at the same time be our spiritual father. But it is meant in a different sense. Okay, it says in Romans 4 verse 11, Circumcision was a sign that Abraham already had faith and that God had already accepted him and declared him to be righteous even before he was circumcised. So Abraham is the spiritual father of those who have faith, but have not been circumcised. They are counted as righteous because of their faith. And Abraham is also the spiritual father of those who have been circumcised, but only if they have the same kind of faith Abraham had before he was circumcised. So we are Abraham's spiritual children in the sense that we, like Abraham, have faith in God. Amen? God is our spiritual father. In the sense that we are birthed from him. When we were born again, his spirit came into us. We became one with him. We got God's DNA on the inside of us. God is our spiritual father. But Abraham is our spiritual father in the sense that um, we have the same faith as he did. Okay? Could I ask? to give me that cup.
all. Um, yeah, thank you. Thank you, thank you. So, the first four chapters of Romans for many people are quite difficult and uncomfortable to read because Paul talks a lot about God's judgment, anger against sin, sin itself, all of those kinds of things. No? But we went through it all and it was quite, quite interesting, quite um, encouraging to see it. Paul does this for a reason to explain and make clear our need for a savior. Okay, we looked at the four, like we kind of summed up the four first chapters of Romans. Chapter one is all about um, people being trapped in sin and they need to be rescued. No? That is what Paul says in chapter one. All people are trapped in sin and they need to be rescued or saved. Chapter two. Paul makes it clear that we cannot rescue ourselves by trying to obey the law or being a good person. You can't save yourself by being a good person, by trying to live holy. You can't be saved through your own performance. No? And then chap chapter 3, we are rescued or saved by God himself. Through Jesus Christ's offering on the cross and His resurrection. That is how we are saved, by Himself. And then chapter 4, God creates a new family from all the people of the earth. And we are made a part of His family by faith when we believe the gospel. So today we are finishing chapter 4 and we will continue our study of Romans next year. Um, next week is our Christmas service, and we will take a break for two weeks, and we will start again on the 14th of January, 2024, okay? And that is a perfect opportunity to invite someone to church, no? Christmas service, okay? So if you are here, if you have a neighbor who needs to hear about Jesus, please invite them, no? Okay, so let's look at Romans 4, verse 13. To the end of the chapter. That is what we are going to look at this morning. Romans 4 verse 14 to the end of the chapter. Okay. Let's read. 4 verse 13. Sorry, what did I say? 14. So we are at 4 verse 13. Okay. This will continue. Let me read from, oh my goodness, I am in Ephesians here. <laughs> I, my Bible flipped to Ephesians. Here we go. I thought it didn't look familiar. Verse 13. There we go. Okay, verse 13. Clearly, God's promise to give the whole earth to Abraham and his descendants was based not on his obedience to God's law, but on a right relationship with God that comes by faith. 
If God's promise is only for those who obey the law, then faith is not necessary and the promise is pointless. For the law always brings punishment on those who try to obey it. That's interesting, no? The law always brings punishment on those who try to obey it. The only way to avoid breaking the law is to have no law to break. So the promise is received by faith. It is given as a free gift. And we are all certain to receive it, whether or not we live according to the law of Moses. If we have faith like Abraham, uh, if we have faith like Abraham's, for Abraham is the father of all who believe. That is what the scriptures mean when God told him, I have made you the father of many nations. This happened because Abraham believed in the God who brings the dead back to life and who creates new things out of nothing. Even when there was no reason for hope, Abraham kept hoping, believing that, the, that he would become the father of many nations. For God had said to him, that's how many descendants you will have. And Abraham's faith did not weaken, even though at about a hundred years of age, a hundred years of age, no? He figured his body was as good as dead, and so was Sarah's womb. Abraham never wavered in believing God's promise. In fact, his faith grew stronger, and in this he brought glory to God. He was fully convinced that God is able to do whatever he promises. And because of Abraham's faith, God counted him as righteous. And when God counted him as righteous, it wasn't just for Abraham's benefit. It was recorded for our benefit too, assuring us that God will also count us as righteous if we believe in him, the one who raised Jesus our Lord from the dead. He was handed over to die because of our sins, and He was raised to life to make us right with God. Amen. Amen. That is the portion of Scripture that we are going to read or look at this morning. <clears throat> so, let's go back to Romans 4 verse 13. Romans 4 verse 13 says, Clearly, God's promise to give the whole earth to Abraham and his descendants was based not on his obedience to God's law, but on a right relationship with God that comes by faith. If God's promise is only for those who obey the law, then faith is not necessary and the promise is pointless. For the law always brings punishment on those who try to obey it. The only way to avoid breaking the law is to have no law to break. Okay, so those two, um, three verses we're going to look at first. Verse 13 says that God's promise was to give the whole earth to Abraham and his descendants. Okay, 
the way Paul says it here is a bit different in wording to any of the old scriptures. The word world here is meant in a spiritual sense. Okay? Never in the Old Testament do we read that God said he will give the whole world to Abraham. Okay? But Paul means it in a, in a, in a spiritual sense. We can't inherit something different to Abraham. So we want to find out now what he meant by the word world. No? We can't inherit something different to Abraham. We are his descendants that inherit the same promise. So what we inherit is what Abraham also inherits. Do you understand? I'm reasoning backwards now. Okay. It says God's promise to give the whole earth to Abraham and his descendants. Okay, so we are his descendants, no? So what we inherit, Abraham also inherits, no? So we want to understand the meaning of the word world, okay? What is it that we inherit? What is it that we inherit when we believe? Spiritual? Spiritual blessings, yes, but eternal life, eternal life, no? So what that word world means there is eternal life. Okay, that is what Paul refers to when he speaks of the world that Abraham and we will inherit. It is eternal life. In Revelation 21, you can go read in your own time. Uh, Jesus sitting on the throne says that he is making everything new. And I believe that means that the world we live in will be changed eventually. Death and disease and suffering will be taken away. And that new world will be for those who have believed the gospel and received eternal life. So maybe that also speaks of that. The new world that God is going to create. When death and sickness and all of that is taken away. Amen. We will inherit that. Okay. But Paul is not focusing. This main focus is not on what that means. What the word world means there. Okay. The point that Paul wants to make is that. The promise is not based on performance, okay? It is uh, not based on obedience to the law, but on faith. We cannot receive anything from God by trying to perform for it, okay? We have nothing to give God in exchange for eternal life. We have nothing to give God in exchange for healing. We have nothing to give God in exchange for freedom. We have nothing to give God in exchange for the blessings that he, that he lists in Ephesians 1. Do you understand? So if you want healing, what do you need to do? You believe. You just believe. You just believe. It's that simple. Many Christians put their faith in Christ for eternal salvation but then fall back into the lie that God is going to bless them and use them based on their performance. Mm. This is what happened to the Galatians. Paul told them that Christ had become of no benefit to them mm. if they were trusting in what they did to be justified with God. The same today. Many Christians do not experience the full effect of their salvation because they are making faith useless and empty 
by trusting in their own goodness. It's very sad that you begin in faith. You begin by simply believing. Because that's what the gospel says. No? You begin, you acknowledge that you're a sinner, you need Jesus. You believe, thank you Jesus, that you died for me on the cross. And then, after a little while, you go back to thinking you need to start doing things. That is, going from grace and faith to works. You understand? And performance. We receive healing for our bodies in the same way as we receive salvation. And how is that? By faith. Don't put pressure on yourself. You, have, you don't have to put any pressure on yourself. You don't have to worry, what have I done wrong? Have I believed enough? Have I believed not enough? Have I this? Have I that? It's not about you. It is about faith. It is about what Jesus has done. Okay? God's power for you to be healed is available. 24-7. And we receive it just like we receive salvation. By simply believing. Okay. Romans 4 verse 16. So the promise is received by faith. It is given as a free gift. Say free. Free. That is verniet. Verniet. That is gratis. Free. It does not cost anything. It costs God. He paid for it. No? But for us, it is free. Amen. It is a free gift. And we are all certain to receive it. Yeah. We are all certain to receive it. Whether or not we live according to the law of Moses. If we have faith like Abraham's. For Abraham is the father of all who believe. Everything we get from God is a free gift. We cannot work for it or earn it, even if we try. Even if you try. Because what we as human beings have, what we have, God does not want. Did you know that? Look at Isaiah 64 verse 6. Isaiah 64 verse 6. You can't buy God's gifts even if you try. I'm going to explain to you why now. Isaiah 64 verse 6. It says, We are all infected and impure with sin. That was who we were, okay? It's not talking about you right now, if you're a believer. It's who you were. We are all infected and impure with sin. When we display, when we display our righteous deeds, our good deeds, what we think is right and good, guess what? They are nothing but filthy rags. They are nothing but filthy rags in the eyes of God. Like autumn leaves, we wither and fall, and our sins sweep us away like the wind. So your righteous deeds, the, the things that you are most proud of in your performance, for God, He doesn't want that. God doesn't want that. Because you know what that is? That is pride. Destroys. 
God doesn't want that. Amen. God does not want what you are trying to give Him. Our righteous deeds cannot pay for what God is giving away freely. I googled what the weakest currency in the world is right now. And it's not the rand. Okay, it's not the rand. See the rand that is the swakste held in it as It is the Iranian real, okay? Iranian real. Think that's what you mean, it's You think the rand uh, to dollar is bad, 18 rand ne, for a dollar. But for one US dollar, they have to pay 371,922 of their own currency. That is very, very bad currency. Trying to pay for your own salvation is like having one Iranian real. And you are trying to buy something that is worth a billion dollars. I'm just comparing. Mm-hmm. You can't really put a price tag on eternal life. No. But I think you get my point. Yes. Your money is poo-poo. No? <laughs> Your works, whatever you want to bring to get eternal life, mm-hmm. is worthless in the eyes of God. You mm-hmm. can't earn your salvation. Next week is Christmas, no? and people will be giving each other gifts. Why do they give each other gifts? I think it is because it represents God giving Himself to the world. No? It is God giving His one and only Son so that whoever believes no? will have eternal life. And God, when He gives gifts, He doesn't expect anything back. He doesn't expect anything back. His gift is 100% free. There is no other gift like eternal life. The whole world, humanity, through history, has always been searching for some kind of eternal life. In many, many legends and fables and stories, you hear of heroes trying to get eternal life. People trying to get, yeah, eternal life. Yeah. <laughs> it's all, that, is, that has been something that humans have sought after forever. Yeah. Since, we, since we came on this earth, it is only found with God. And it is only received by freely accepting it. Amen. And that blows our minds. Because we want to work for it. We want to earn it. We want to find it. 1 Peter 5 verse 5 says, God opposes the proud, but He gives grace to the humble. He opposes the proud, but He gives grace to the humble. What does it mean if you are proud? It means you look to your own self. You look at yourself. You look at your works. What you have accomplished. You feel proud. God is holding out eternal life, healing, forgiveness, mm. all of the gifts, all of the blessings. He is holding it out to you. If you go like this, no, look at what I have, look at what I have, then you can't take what He is offering you. Okay? He gives grace to the humble. Humble, what is, what is humbleness? It is the opposite of pride. Yeah. No? 
it is looking to God. No? Not look, it's looking away from yourself, looking to God. Only the humble can receive. Amen. Romans 4 verse 16 says that we are all certain to receive it. That is because it is free. Everyone can be certain to receive it. Since God made salvation available on the basis of faith in what He did, anyone can be saved. Anyone can be saved. If He would have made it our, uh, if He would have made our holiness the basis of salvation, then no one would have been able to be saved. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. No? Romans 3 verse 23. Alright, but we're not going to go there now. Romans 4 verse 17 says, That is what the scriptures mean when God told him, that's Abraham, I have made you the father of many nations. This happened because Abraham believed in the God who brings the dead back to life. <laughs> Abraham, you know who Abraham was? How many thousands of years he lived before uh, Jesus came to earth? I didn't Google it, so I can't tell you. But it's thousands of years. Thousands of years. 6,000 years, I think, if I have to guess a number. Abraham believed in the God who brings the dead back to life. And who creates new things out of nothing. It's interesting. I didn't even think of this verse when I read Genesis 1 this morning. God created the universe out of nothing. Okay, so here Paul quotes Genesis 17 verse 4. Genesis 17 verse 4. He's quoting here in Romans 4 verse 17. Genesis 17 verse 4 says... This is now God speaking to Abraham, okay? This is my covenant with you. I will make you the father of a multitude of nations. What's more, I am changing your name. I will no longer, or it will no longer be Abram. Abram, that was say naam gewees eerste. Which means exalted father or high father. Okay, that's what Abraham, Abraham betekent. Instead, you will be called Abraham. Which means, father of many. Father of many. For you will be the father of many nations. I will make you extremely fruitful. Your descendants will become many nations. And kings will be among them. In the physical, in the, the real world, or I don't I won't want to say the real world, because in this world, or in the physical sense, uh, there was about six nations, six nations, what Abraham had come. So that promise came true in the physical. No? But that promise, those nations coming out of Abraham, was just a shadow of the true reality. No? Yes. It's just a shadow. Amen. In the spiritual sense, Abraham is the father of all people who believe in Jesus. It doesn't matter if they are African, American, European, Indian, Asian, you name it. That is, you see the picture. All these physical nations are representing actually the millions of believers that believe in Christ today. The second part of Romans 
4 verse 17 says, This happened because Abraham believed in the God who brings the dead back to life and who creates new things out of nothing. Keep reading until verse 19. Even when there was no reason for hope, Abraham kept hoping, believing that he would become the father of many nations. For God had said to him, That's how many descendants you will have. And Abraham's faith did not weaken, even though, listen to this, at about a hundred years of age, he figured, he thought, he knew, his body was as good as dead. And so was Sarah's womb. So he was very old, his body was almost dead. And so also Sarah's womb, which means that his wife was way past the uh, age of bearing children. Eh? Yeah. <clears throat> so here we see what faith is. Okay, Faith is believing the word of God above all else. Even if everything in life is against it. Even if doctors give you a bad report. Despite the circumstances in this reality that we are living in. We think this, what we experience, is reality. God's word is the highest reality. Amen? Even though you don't see it right now, you stand and trust in what God has spoken to you. That is what Abraham did. The King James Version says that Abraham considered not his own body now dead. When he was about a hundred years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. In the physical, it was impossible for them to have children. But Abraham did not consider that. Abraham did not let that be his focus. To, con to consider something means you think it over. You, you weigh the pros and the cons. You think about it. You meditate on it. Okay, You spend time thinking about it. Abraham knew that his body was a hundred years old. He knew that his wife couldn't have children anymore. But he didn't think on it. He didn't consider it. Are you hearing what I'm saying? He didn't focus on that. He chose to believe God above the situation. Above the so-called reality. He believed in the higher reality. The ultimate reality. Of what God's word said. <clears throat> okay. Abraham stood on that promise from God even when he had to offer Isaac. Abraham had to take his young son Isaac, he had to put yeah. some wood on his shoulders and walk up a mountain to offer him. Does that sound familiar? I'm not going to go into that now. Do you know what it points to? What does that point to? It points to Jesus, no? The offering of Isaac is a picture of God offering Jesus. God offering Himself. But Abraham, having now this child that was born to them miraculously, from two bodies that was almost dead, past the age of childbearing, this miraculous child is born. Does that sound familiar to you? Huh? A 
a child born from a woman that couldn't bear children anymore. Sounds a lot like Mary and, and Jesus, no? It's a picture of Mary and Jesus. Okay, but anyway, I'm not going to go into that now. Let's look at Hebrews 11 verse 8. Hebrews 11 verse 8 also speaks about what faith is. Now, if you read from verse 1, but I'm going to read just this part, of, part for you because it's talking about Abraham and Sarah. Hebrews 11 verse 8. It was by faith that Abraham obeyed when God called him to leave home and go to another land that God would give him as his inheritance. He went without knowing where he was going. And even when he reached the land God promised him, he lived there by faith. For he was like a foreigner living in tents. Okay, so he was a foreigner living in tents. The physical land was not his own. Okay, the physical land wasn't his yet. He lived like a nomad whilst on it. Uh, a foreigner living in tents, and so did Isaac and Jacob, who inherited the same promise. Abraham was confidently looking forward to a city with eternal foundations, a city designed and built by God. Verse 11, it was by faith that even Sarah was able to have a child, though she was barren and was too old, she believed that God would keep His promise. That's the key. Yeah. She believed that God would keep His promise. And so, a whole nation came from this one man who was as good as dead. A nation with so many people that like the stars in the sky and the sand on the seashore, there is no way to count them. All these people died still believing what God had promised them. That's interesting. All these people died still believing what God had promised them. They did not receive what was promised, but they saw it all from a distance and welcomed it. They agreed that they were foreigners and nomads here on earth. A nomad is someone that travels everywhere. He doesn't stay in one place. Obviously, people who say such things are looking forward to a country they can call their own. Verse 15. If they had longed for the country they came from, Egypt, they could have gone back. Verse 16. But they were looking for a better place, a heavenly homeland. That is why God is not ashamed to, call, to be called their God. For he has prepared a city for them. This shows us that uh, I'm not reading any um, uh, pause there at verse 16. This shows us that these people were also hoping and thinking about eternal life. Verse 13 says they died still believing what God has promised them. They did not receive what God promised in their lifetimes here on earth. You understand? We could say, no, but they did. Abraham and Sarah, they got their child. They got Isaac, no? While they were still alive. But that is not what they were believing for. 
Because Isaac was just a shadow, just a picture. The promised land that, that Israel went into. Yes, it was a physical place and they were there, but it was just a picture. Okay? It was pointing to something else. That is because the world that God promised them, the country, the city, the homeland, the nations, the children, all of that pointed forward to eternal life. Okay, Verse 17 in Hebrews 11. It was by faith that Abraham offered Isaac as a sacrifice when God was testing him. Abraham, who had received God's promises was ready to sacrifice his only son Isaac. Eh? Even though God had told him, Isaac is the son through whom your descendants will be counted. Okay, so Abraham knows this child is the son through whom all my descendants will come. Okay, and they only had Isaac. Now God tells him to sacrifice him, to kill this son. Eh? This is what was going on in Abraham's mind in that time. Okay? He reasoned, Abraham reasoned in verse 19, that if Isaac died, God was able to bring him back to life again. That's amazing. And in a sense, Abraham did receive his son back from the dead. So, here's the point. No? Abraham believed the word of God. Yes. Even if Abraham killed his own son, he believed that God's promise would come to pass. He believed that God would raise Isaac from the dead. All of this points to Jesus, obviously. No? Romans 20, uh, 4 verse 20. We are almost finished, guys. Romans 4 verse 20. Abraham never wavered. Wavered is on the... Wavered. <laughs> om te wapper, die woord wapper kom in my kop in, om hierdie kant te wees, dan daai kant, jy kan hier besluit maak, jy wavered, uh, te wankel, te twyfel, yes, thank you. Abraham never wavered in believing God's promise, in fact, his faith grew stronger, and in this he brought glory to God. He was fully convinced, fully convinced, that is what we need to become, we need to become fully convinced, that God is able to do what He promises. I like how it says here that Abraham's faith brought glory to God. We bring glory to God when we believe what He has said. We bring glory to God, we honor Him when we believe the gospel. Because not believing it, rejecting His free gift is like throwing it back in His face. Not believing God is like calling Him a liar. No? Romans 8 verse 22 and because of Abraham's faith, God counted him as righteous. And when God counted him as righteous, it wasn't just for Abraham's benefit. It was recorded for our benefit. Two, that's us. Mm -hmm. no? Assuring us that God will also count us as righteous if we believe in him. The one who raised Jesus our Lord from the dead. He was handed over to die because of our sins and He was raised to life to make us right with God. That's all we have to believe. 
So let's summarize what Paul is saying in this, in this, in this portion of scripture that we read. We receive God's promise. How? By faith. Through faith, not by obeying the law. The promise, is it free? Yes. Yeah. Eh? Promise is a free gift that we are certain to receive if we believe. That is eternal life, that is healing, that is freedom, that is every blessing listed in Ephesians 1. It is all free and you are certain to receive it. Amen. You are certain to receive it. Amen. Abraham's example is this. In this physical world, what God promised him was impossible. Eh? He and his wife were both old. There was no chance for them to have children. Yet God's promise was that he would be the father of many nations. So the situation was impossible. But Abraham believed that God would keep his promise. It says that Abraham was fully convinced that God is able to do whatever he promises. Because of that kind of faith and trust in God, God counted Abraham as right with himself. No? That is what righteous means. To be right with God. And then verse 24 says, All of this was recorded for our benefit, so that we can see the example of faith and follow it. How do we follow this example? We, just like Abraham, believe despite the circumstances. Complete trust in God alone. Say that. Complete trust in God alone. No trust in our performance, our trying to live holy, our culture, our skin color, nothing, nothing else. It is trust in God alone. What is it that we need to believe? Paul ends off with that. Verse 25. Uh, no, end of verse 24. If we believe in Him, the one who raised Jesus our Lord from the dead, he was handed over to die because of our sins and he was raised to make us right with God. Amen. Amen. That is the good news. Let's say You can find more of our free teachings on our website www.gracelife.ca And if you're ever in the Solaris Pass area, we invite you to join us for one of our gatherings. Our aim is to help you discover Jesus, find family, and experience life. To contact us or to find out where and when we meet, visit our website www.gracelife.ca